and a body. And we are here counting down the uh, best picture winning movies from worst to best. We're almost there. We're almost there, yeah. We've been doing this for a long time, and we are almost there. I know. We're all the way up to number five. Wow. Packed into the top five. Yeah, that's crazy. Yes. We've had a good string of movies. Fourth, I know. It's our fourth straight black and white movie. Yeah, I, I did not know it was going to be black and white, but yeah. not all of it was in black and white. Well, we'll talk about that, certainly. Um, so what movie are we talking about today? Uh, today we're talking about Schindler's List. Yes. From 1993. 1993, yeah. Yeah. Um, so what is your history with Schindler's List? Yeah, this was the first time I'd seen it, so I've seen it once. Okay. And I had resisted seeing it because... I don't know. Did I say why I had wrists? Um, you said like different it, things every time. So did I? Don't I yeah. I don't know. I don't no, know what I the truth is. It's either. heavy subject matter. Heavy subject yeah. matter. Gory. You know, I don't know. I just didn't want to. I don't even know if I knew it was three hours. I mean, I did <laughs> with leading up to this. but Well, it kind of has that reputation of being like a... I don't want to say a homework film, but like oh, a, this okay. is a very serious, um, yeah. it, you know, uh, it's it's not like um, Jurassic Park or something. Okay. But anyway, you've at least heard of it, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I knew it. And you kind of had your hands full in 93. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I saw it uh, in... Um, yeah, in the theaters, and I think I've seen it a, a couple times since. You were a teenager? Um, no, I saw it. It was my freshman year in college when it came out. and. So you were a teenager, right? Yeah, I was a teenager, but not yeah. like a high school teenager. Well, okay. <laughs> you were I 18. Like, yeah, I was 18, yeah. You were a very mature teenager. I don't know if I go that far, but yeah, anyways, I, I don't know either. I, uh, <laughs> Walked down from school to see it at the Fashion Valley Theater, which has closed down so, or moved since. Oh, that's but right. Yeah. That's yeah, you used to be on the outside by Farrell's. Yeah, sure did. Yep. Uh, anyways, that's neither here nor there. It's I mean, not. We should really just. I know. I think the last time out. I saw it was during the pandemic. And then I saw okay, it so. Here too. That was only your second time seeing it at the pandemic? No, I had seen it in between. Oh. Um, so that was probably my. Third or maybe fourth time. Okay. Seeing it. And then twice this week. Yeah, and then twice this week. Wow. <coughs> Lots of fun. Uh, four movies had the kind of unenviable task of going up against Schindler's List because uh, at the time it seemed like a foregone conclusion. Did it? Okay. <laughs> there were a full list of five nominees, and one of them was The oh, Fugitive. Oh, great movie. Yeah, isn't it? Oh, it really is. Now, this yeah. is a movie I, I have actually seen a few times. Right. I've probably seen it two or three times, and I'd, I'd watch it again. Yeah, it was a big hit in 1993, and uh, it's uh, stayed uh, aged pretty well. Yeah. Uh, Harrison Ford mm-hmm. is the star of that's based on the 60s TV show. Okay. About a doctor who is wrongly convicted of killing his wife. Yeah. And he escapes. And so the movie's about him on the run as a fugitive, mm-hmm. uh, trying to evade the cops and at the same time try to f- find out who killed his wife. Yeah. And Tommy Lee Jones is the U.S. Marshal that's on his mm-hmm. on his tail. And Tommy Lee Jones had been around for a long time, but I think this kind of made him a movie star. Okay. Um, He's great in this movie. Yeah. 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 I mean, he, he had been in some high-profile movies like Coal Miner's Daughter, but like I think he became a household name okay. with this. Yeah. Uh, Men in Black was a few years later. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. That was nice. So I, I saw that. I don't know if I saw it in the theaters, but... Okay. Yeah, in the name of the father um, is an Irish movie that is about. It's based on a true story of this uh, man who is again falsely convicted of a pub uh, pub bombing, and he and the, and his group of friends is too, and and I think his his father 
as well. And it's about his fight for justice after, like, you know, 15, 20 years in prison. Emma Thompson plays his defense attorney who um, works to get him released. Wow, I've never heard of this. That sounds really good. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it since um, it came out back okay. then. And um, I, I would have had to pay to stream it. So I thought about watching it again. Cause, uh, but I remember liking it. Okay. Uh, it remains of the day. Um, uh, another, another Emma Thompson. Yeah, another Emma Thompson. This was a big, uh, kind of a, at around her, her peak. Uh, she had just won the Oscar for the previous year for Howard's End. Okay. Actually, she did win it in 93, but for 1992. Okay. Uh, Remains of the Day is another uh, Merchant Ivory movie. They had made Howard's End, her previous movie that she won the Oscar for. Uh, this is with Anthony Hopkins, also a recent Oscar winner uh-huh. for The Silence of the Lambs, yes. which we saw. Um, do you know anything about The Remains of the Day? 91. I don't. I don't. I don't know anything about it. Yeah, it, it's based on a fairly well-known novel, and it is about a uh, butler for a like a manor in World War II era Europe. Okay. And he's yeah. So Anthony Hopkins is it's it's really about his um, inability to emote because he's so. Uh, wrapped up in his work as a butler. Uh, Emma Thompson plays a housekeeper that, you know, he, he's attracted to, but he can't act on it. Okay. Uh, Christopher Reeve also has a supporting role. Really? As, uh, yeah. This is before his... Yeah, it's before his accident. Okay. Uh, and then the P. Tano, mm-hmm. a Jane Campion movie that is... Set in New Zealand. Was Jane Campion the director. actress or the director? The director. The actress is Holly Hunter. Oh. Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't even recognize her. Yeah, she's terrific. She plays a mute woman uh, who is sold into marriage in a very remote area of New Zealand. Um, she's shipped there with her uh, daughter and her piano. Her one like connection to the outside world is her playing the piano. And uh, it's it's just about it's kind of a feminist tale, set in this time period. Uh, very What's the time lush. period? It's nineteenth century, maybe earlier. It's hard to tell because it's in such a rural uh-huh. place where right. it, it might be. look earlier than it is. But uh-huh. yeah, okay. They definitely have ships to travel. So, is it good? Um, I would really like to revisit it. I haven't. I remember not liking it at all in 1993, uh-huh. but I think I might. Um, I might have been wrong. Okay. I mean, you good. were 18, so the likelihood of you being wrong about something, you know how 18-year-old boys are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, yeah. So those were the other nominees. Um, oh. Great year for Steven Spielberg. We also had the top grossing movie of the year with Jurassic Park. He made Jurassic Park because, in order, he that was kind of part of the agreement to get funding to do Schindler's List. Oh, okay. So he was like editing one while working on the other, and he said in interviews that, you know, his heart was never really in Jurassic Park because he kept thinking of Schindler's List. Uh, but it doesn't show in the movie. I mean, it does not. You know, it's not something yeah. that you see in like, oh, this is, he's phoning it in. Uh, yeah. Spielberg does have movies like that, but Jurassic Park's really good. Okay, yeah, I know. You've really, yeah. I've always liked that one. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I don't have it up in my favorite Spielberg movies, but uh-huh. it's probably in the second tier. What is your favorite Spielberg movie? Are we gonna find well, out today? Uh, maybe. I mean, Schindler's List has always been in contention, but I I love E. T. But I did oh, say a couple right. weeks that's... ago that it was Jaws. Oh, those are right. all Sh- um, Spielberg. Spielberg movies. Okay. Yeah, and I love Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, I watched that this weekend. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, how fun! Yeah, that holds up. That is so good. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> Boy, that doesn't. Nineteen eighty one. That. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. What a great movie. It's fantastic. I yeah. love it. So I've seen a number of these from nineteen ninety three. 
Mm-hmm. But not Schindler's List. I mean, I have now, but... Right. So, Mrs. Doubtfire. Of course, that was a huge hit. I've seen Jurassic Park. I saw The, the Fugitive. The Firm. Oh, that's, yeah. That's, the um, firm, what's the his name? Tom Cruise. Tom or Cruise. John Grisham novel. Of course, Sleepless in Seattle. Yes. Right? I've seen that a number of times. Yeah, you're obsessed with it. I mean, well, I'm obsessed yeah, I don't know it. if I'm obsessed, but I I wouldn't mind being. I, <laughs> yeah. um, I think really I've heard of the, Indecent Proposal. Is that Demi Moore? Yeah, Demi Moore, Woody Harrelson, um, Robert, Robert Redford. Redford yeah. Yep. I know, I know what it's about, but I've never yeah. seen it. In the Line of Fire, I don't know that one. I have oh, seen that's the good. Pelican like Brief. That's another movie. lawyer movie, isn't it? Yeah, another John Grisham movie. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Right. Um, Free Willy. I saw that, but yeah. that's... Oh, Groundhog Day. Of course, yeah. I was going to... Good. I've that. seen that one several times. Yeah, that movie ages very particularly it's very well. It's funny, isn't it? It's, um, kind of really holds up and is probably is more respected now than it was in 93. Okay. Although it was a, a hit. It's, um, yeah. I think people find more meaning in it than at the time. It was just the latest Bill Murray movie, which was yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Um, but it's a short movie. Yeah. And Philadelphia was also a big hit that was That's Tom the AIDS? Hanks. Yeah, it's the first major studio movie about AIDS. Yeah, where, I remember. Uh, Tom Hanks just really gets into his elite phase of his career. He plays okay. the He had lawyer. moved out of the Bosom Buddies phase. He, he had already done that, but this is... And he had big, of course, was before this. Um, but this was the, his first, like, perennial Oscar favorite. Okay. Yeah. Not, not with Flash. Though he did get an Oscar nomination for Big. Did he? I, I like Big. I like Big, too. I think he's also great in A League of Their Own. Uh, Castaway? Which was the pre- previous year. Yeah. Castaway from 2000. Okay. Yeah. A League of Their Own is very good. Yeah. It was great. Okay, so yeah. a lot of there are some good movies in nineteen ninety three. Forrest Gump too, which we watched it was the next year. Oh yeah, oh I enjoyed that. Okay, so lots so that's all really, good. So really set in, good movie. But Schindler's List was considered. From yeah, the I remember because um, up until this point, like there had been a few go-arounds where Spielberg was making a serious movie. You know, at the time, he was kind of a popcorn director. And he thought, oh, this oh, okay. is his play for an Oscar, like uh, um, The Color Purple or Empire of the Sun or Always. Uh-huh. And then it just never seemed to pan out. And so when I heard Schindler's was coming out, I was like, uh, okay, well, people say it's going to win. But then once I saw it, I'm like, okay, <laughs> this is going to win. And it was pretty, like... Uh, Powerful. Yeah. Let me understand. They put up all the money. I do all the work. What if you don't mind my asking what you do? I'd make sure it's known the company's in business. I'd see that it had a certain panache. That's what I'm good at. Not the work. Not the work. The presentation. Yeah, so Bonnie, what is Schindler's List about? Well, it is about Poland. So yeah. it, it's it's about the... Holocaust, yeah. Or the, yeah, in in Poland, and it follows Oscar Schindler, who was a member of the Nazi Party, who mm-hmm. and was kind of a always trying to find his business or whatever. Yeah, and he um, he was really trying to profiteer off the war and the labor that these Jews were, you know, being kind of shuffled out of society and into the ghetto and then into these places. Mm-hmm. But as it goes on, he, he connects very early with a Jewish man who he leans on heavily to run his, yeah. um, uh, it was like an ammo wear factory. Right. And then through the course of the film, which is long, he developed a kind of, slowly real very slowly realizes <laughs> um that bad things are going on or not even that bad things are going on but um he sort of develops a conscience yes. about the bad things that are going on and he ends up um 
really rescuing about uh, like I don't know twelve hundred twelve hundred yeah Jews, um, and it it became about rescuing them instead mm-hmm. of about making a buck. Yeah. So yeah, based on a true story. Based on a true story about a man named Oscar Schindler. Although yes. the list really should be like, um, what's his name? Itzhak Itzhak Stern. Stern. Yes. It's really kind of his list, but yeah. Uh, anyway, but yeah, and so played by the, Ben Kingsley. Ben yeah. Kingsley. So Gandhi plays yep. uh, the Jewish Stern. accountant. Mm-hmm. Who is like the conscience of the movie? Yes. And then the guy from Taken, Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson yeah. plays Oscar Schindler. Yes. And then Voldemort plays himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In fairness to Ray Fiennes, I don't think he's playing himself. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's something when Voldemort is not even close to being your most evil character that you've played. Yeah. Yeah, so he plays this Nazi, really a war criminal. Yeah, um, Gert, yeah. which is a, a real guy who, from what I've seen, is they may have lightened the oh. portrayal, uh, yeah. even by standards of Nazi prison camp commanders. Yeah. He was just one of the worst monsters. But there's so much uh, realism. Yeah. I don't know what maybe there's a better word for that in this movie. So it's kind of like an epic, but it mm-hmm. it just uh, you know it, it you almost feel like you're literally watching what went on. Yeah, it has a kind of a documentary style. Yeah. Okay, it. that's a good. Yeah. yeah, I think aided by the black and white. Is that uh, what it is? Uh, yeah. Cinematography. Yeah. It's powerful. I mean, <laughs> it's a powerful movie. I I don't know why I resisted it. I I would watch it again. Yeah. Um, it's really good. Really hard to watch. Just, but it's really hard to watch. It's you know the. It's easy to kind of have conversations about like the banality of evil, but it's just so kind of horrifying how, you know, a society can just turn so cruel. Yeah. And even at one point, like, Schindler, before he really gets it, he's like, you know, this is just, they're ordinary guys, it's just the war that's doing this to them. Right. You know, if it wasn't for the war, they'd be Uh fine. And Stern is like, I don't think. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They're talking specifically about Girth, who is a monster. Yeah. Um, But I... It's, I, what I really respond to in this movie is that it presents good and evil not as these static traits, but as something that you exercise or something that grows and like kind of comes out of the choices that you make. Mm-hmm. Because he's not, you know, he, he's a very amoral right. guy, and there's not like one big crescendo moment, no. but it's just he's making choices that are geared or, or geared towards the good and I think that just that builds a conscience yeah and I do like that touch where he does even become a better husband because he is choosing the good yeah in real life they do end up getting divorced and I think it does yeah. say in the film that they do but he, he does like a, a come to regret his philandering and uh, a man of yeah. a lot of weaknesses. But, um, you know, when confronted with this evil, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he resists it. And it's a fascinating kind of comparison with Gerth, who's kind of just been corrupted by all these evil choices that he makes. I think the most interesting part is toward the middle where they have a one-on-one, uh, Schindler and Gert. And he tells them the story of the uh, emperor, or the king, who the power, real power, is showing mercy, right? And so it's yeah. like, I pardon thee, is um, how he shows mercy. And 
it's almost he's he's so like consumed with power that uh-huh. it's like he tries to take it in, but he's so exercised and just you know he's so far gone by that point and and just his brutality that you can feel like he's 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 doing it and then just feels empty and he looks at himself in the mirror and it's just he, he wants to be brutal yeah. Yeah. yeah and um and he is he's he's a real, he's a real monster he is a real monster yeah the Os- oscar schindler character is so interesting yeah so we had said beforehand like i knew that there was a list that had to do with the holocaust mm-hmm. And I think I mentioned that I assumed it was a bad list because yeah. Schindler sounds like a German. <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> you exactly. Know, uh, mm-hmm. That's probably not a good idea. But but then when I learned from you, when you laughed at that, I was like, <laughs> okay, I guess it's a, it's a good list. But then when I watched the movie, I'm like, when is this guy going to turn good? Yeah. Because he's really a scoundrel. Yes. He's a complete scoundrel. But I I loved how they... That Stern, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, you know, he, uh, Schindler is making choices in his best interests, as people do, right? Of course. Stern is, like, sort of uses Schindler. He knows what's important to Schindler. And mm-hmm. so it's it's like Schindler's choosing, actually, for the good He's sort of exercising that choose the good mm-hmm. muscle. Yeah, exactly. The actual good without realizing that he was choosing it because Stern was exercising those mm-hmm. muscles. And he's, yeah. par- I-, I thought this, th- there's this scene, I don't I discussed it a lot afterwards because it's uh-huh. so interesting. So Stern is getting people, Jewish people, with the skills, in mm-hmm. quotation, to go to the factory. But he's choosing people, but, and he's telling them, okay, you got to lie. Don't tell them right. that you're an artist right. or you're a, you know, a professor right. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Tell them that you're a metal worker. Right. And so he's changing all their stuff. And, the, and anyway, and then they're learning these skills for the first time, and it's all working fine. But... It, it's Stern who tells Schindler, there's a guy here who wants to thank you. Oh, and he's been yeah. wanting to right. all this time. But it's Stern who introduces him to it. And this is a, a one-armed yeah. guy who's working in his factory. And it was at that point that Schindler's like, what are you doing? Like, you're not mm-hmm. getting me the best. You know, how are you? What is this? Yeah. One arm, you're fooling me. So it's like mm-hmm. Schindler realizing for the first time. So anyway, so we had a lot of discussions about why Stern, Stern do this. So I have my theory. What's your, why, why do you think oh, he does Oh, I mean, that? I took it at face value that he didn't want to, and the guy kept insisting that he, he needs to thank Schindler. And so he just decided to do it. But um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think more deeply about it so yeah interesting to hear your theory so my uh, because i was really perplexed by this because he was so clever so Mm -hmm. clever and then this move and so then i thought well to me it seemed like it was a purposeful move on his point i'm wondering sort of an inoculation for schindler because he's he's seeing the the regression around him with this, mm-hmm. and he's seeing the uh, little changes in a Schindler, who's mm-hmm. been supporting yeah. this, but he's had no sort of no. He still is Schindler is still completely oblivious to the plight of what's going on. He doesn't really have any idea that he's rescuing people. Mm-hmm. So it seemed to me that Stern purposely did that to have to like confront Schindler with the fact that he is rescuing people and to sort of uh, uh, sort of hope to push him to the next level 
And but it's a big gamble. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I th- I, yeah. I think that checks out. I mean, that I think it's consistent with Sturm's character. Yeah. It, yeah. And he's good at breeding people. Yeah. And, and he does see that um, even from the beginning when he, he's a terrible guy. I think Stern clocks that he's he's not anti-Semitic. Right. Right. Because he's like he says, well, well, before anything, you should know that I'm I'm a Jew. Right. And like you can tell, Schindler just doesn't really care. He's got right. a lot of faults, but that's just he's not, just greedy. He's not. Yeah. He's not demonic. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and and also, I mean, I think that there's a kind of contradiction in Schindler too, because then that's I think followed not too long after by. The girl who goes to plead for her parents. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting touch where, um, like, she requests a meeting and we see that he comes out to check her out and says, uh-huh. like, I don't want to meet with her. And then she kind of gussies herself up. Uh-huh. It's almost implied that she's going right. to be willing to trade her body for yeah. for this. But it's did that just because he likes pretty girls, really. Uh-huh. And he gets mad after that and kind of uh, yells at Stern, Uh you're going to get us in big trouble here and get us shut down. And then he gives the names of the two parents and, yeah, send a transfer order for them. Yeah. Yeah, so he resists it, but he still still does it. He still does it, yeah. And, And you can see it's all these little tiny things that he's like almost... He's really unaware that he's starting to change, yeah, or become more aware. But I, but, but at least as they portray it in the movie, Stern seems to be have an overall vision of what he wants to happen. Yes. But he also realizes, you know, as I, as we were talking about it with, with Adam, he's mm-hmm. like playing chess. Everybody yes. else is playing checkers, right? Right. But he also has no power. None. No power. And he has great dignity. Yes. And so he, you know, it brings up some great concepts uh, or discussion points for morality. Right, it does. Because he lies and, you know, Stern does, right? He mm-hmm. lie, you know, he, he lies and he definitely manipulates and all these yeah. things. You know, because he really has more of this, what, what I, I would say is a more, um, from the realism school, uh, certainly a more Thomistic understanding of morality, the truth that's due to them, right? It's, they're not due this truth, right? So right. he doesn't see it. So he's working within this very corrupt system to do good, but he doesn't ever do evil to bring about the good, right? But he's always right. maneuvering it, but he needs he needs Schindler and and he's yeah. so good about letting Schindler um, take the all the praise yes. and all of that. And, he, and even when he when he gets shuttled off, right, he's gotta wait <sighs> for Schindler to rescue yeah. him and then just knows his one shot and yeah. it's not just him, but it's everybody around him. This one yeah. shot of, of doing this is to is this long-term plan of bringing about Schindler, right? And mm-hmm. even when he finally brings him close enough to be like, okay, now he's sort of pushing him to, we got to come up with a list, and then Schindler's like mm-hmm. going along with, it's going to use up his money doing this. But Schindler finally realizes at the end that even even what he did, like he could have done more, right? Yeah. Uh, which is so, so powerful because he really doesn't get it until the very end. But it, it you see him kind of have that, there's so many points which could have been tipping points, but I've, I feel yeah. like he's he's kind of, Stern keeps putting him, keeps pushing him just... Up to the edge, up to the edge, up to the edge, yeah. and then, and then it also he's 
Schindler is seeing the evil that's going on. Yeah. But he doesn't respond right away to evil. Like, he sees some it's bad not. stuff. But it's yeah, that girl. But it, it, and he's, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. You talk about that. When he, it, I, to me, sure, that seemed that like one, his. This is the one point of color until yeah. the end um, where uh, during the evacuation of the war of the Krakow ghetto, um, he's kind of out for a ride with his wife and they're kind of on a uh, overlook and they can see what's going on but there's all this chaos but the movie's in black and white and you see one little girl with a red coat yeah, um, walking through and that just um, says, speak something to him. We don't know who this character is. We just kind of follow her. And then much later, probably another hour uh-huh. or so into the movie, later on, the orders come from above that uh, the concentration camp needs to dig up all the graves of Jews and burn the corpses. And so Schindler is there, well... They're doing this and putting these bodies in huge piles. And then on one of the wheelbarrows is this corpse with that red coat. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just a... Um, yeah, it's just a moment that really kind of personalizes the whole experience. You know, there's a million dead people yeah. as a statistic, but one dead person yeah. is a tragedy. Yeah, and it's, it's a, was becoming harder and harder... For him to live in kind of his denial. Yeah. About what was, you know, about the, you know, the gravity. And then yeah. the, the woman who was the the Jewish woman who was the object of lust, really, for... Mm. Helen Hirsch. Yeah, Helen Hirsch. Yeah. Right. Yeah, his, I think that's another tipping point. I think that time. was the final tipping point, because yeah. that was afterwards, right? Yes. Yeah, because so. once he once he really saw her, and he, he saw her definitely as very human, and that mm-hmm. point where he was like, uh, you know, complete compassion, saw yeah. the brutality in a different way, but this is just yeah. one person, and then when he told her, it's not going to be that kind of kiss. He just wants yeah. to kiss her on the forehead. Right. And, and, but he's got the compassion... Mm-hmm. To know that here he is, this German, he's got all this power, right. and he's like, yeah, he, that was like, and he's like, here's somebody I can still rescue. You yeah. know, the little girl, it was just the clocked, right. and exactly. realized he didn't rescue. Here's somebody he could, and then, and then money didn't, all of a sudden, it was like, I got a, I gotta use my funds to do this, and so is you know that person in in front of him. That yeah. all all of the but it again it, it this needs to be. However, how long was this movie? Three hours and seven seventeen. It needs to be that long yeah. because it does. <laughs> because it it otherwise it's um, I think it's so much more powerful. Yeah, I don't think there's much wasted. In it, I mean, it's one. So we've talked about a few times the um, white savior trope, which uh, um, sometimes th- this movie is is put up as one. Yeah. Uh, the difference isn't really white, but it's like a white savior. But right. I mean, the yeah. term just means the in group person right. saving. Yeah. Um, but I, I just that. Well, first of all, the point of Tropes like that isn't like every time you do it and it's a bad thing and it's right. definitely a bad movie. It's just tends to some condescending. It has some condescending tendencies, but I think this movie does it right in that he's not the one that really has the moral agency. Yeah. He's kind of shaped by his conditions. He's yeah. the one with power because the the that's how things are set up. Um, yeah. But I mean, so much of the credit is given to Stern, and the movie doesn't lionize him really until the end or late in the movie. Um, but it's yeah. him all the way through, and it it's is. almost 
ironic that they call this Schindler's List. Yeah. Because it's really Stern's List. Yeah. You know, he's the one orchestrating the whole thing Mm -hmm. all the way through. And then you see him also just give it up for Schindler. Exactly. You know, it's just like he doesn't, he's... He's so humble. Pulling their own teeth to make him a ring. Yeah. A gold ring. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And And getting... um, Apparently they did um, write him a letter which got him um, not prosecuted for war crimes. Yeah, Schindler. Schindler, yeah. Right. But Stern is the real hero. Definitely. Of this movie. Yeah. And so I think that's what... I mean, you can, I mean, it seemed to me like, okay, I, if, if I didn't know that Spielberg, this was a Spielberg movie, which I had forgotten until yeah. I, like, until you're like, wow, this is, this has got to be told from a Jewish perspective yeah. because it's so powerful. Oh, and, definitely. And thinking how hard it must have been to do this. Like it must have sucked the life out of him. As a Jewish yeah. person, I mean, it, it oh, sucks the life out yeah. of all of us, right? But yeah. just watching it. But anyway, but to be able to, and maybe that is something about that white savior or whatever the savior right. is, because it does sort of have to be. That's, you know, if it's not the the person in power, yeah, that's, the person in power has to be able to give up some power. Right. In reality, to, to make it, I mean, that is what you want people to get out. But anyway, yeah. I, I think this one is not a just a Schindler doing it because it's Stern that is, his, right. is the moral compass of this. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think a lot of times the, the white, white savior films, I mean, we talked about Dances with Wolves. Yeah. I mean, that, that character just seems so out of place. Like, yeah. Came from a, a college campus in the 60s yeah. into the Civil War. And, and yeah. you know, he's just, like, impossibly good. Where yeah, this he's, is, this is, he's this is a man in, of his age. Oh, of he is his not impossibly and, good. He's, no. no he's and not. he knows he's not. That's the thing at the yeah. end, you know, when he's like, why do I have my car here? I could have sold that's. That's uh-huh. how many how many people is that car? Yeah. How many people is this Nazi pin? And you know he I love how he he gets to the end and you know he he realizes yes he's done a lot of good but not nearly as much good as he could have done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and it's oh it's really powerful. Yeah, I mean, and he's and he's broken up over it. Yeah, like. Yeah, broken. Yes. Yeah, and it's just... This is a really great movie. Uh, yeah, I think so, too. I don't know why you it's... held it back from me for so long. <laughs> I made you watch it. I never would have watched it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's quite good. It does, I mean, I, I had... it Toward the end, it does lionize him more than I remembered it does. Okay. But, you know, you kind of also need that catharsis. Yeah. Too, because you need to. I get some people criticize the movie because it's like, oh, if Spielberg found the one Holocaust story with a happy ending, and it's like that's such a lazy criticism because it's not, it's not a happy movie in in any way, shape, or form. It's very intense and it's, it's a tough watch, but you you just, I think you kind of need that last act that it has and it's you mean where you have the actor and the person and the real person or you consider yeah. that I, I thought that yeah, was that's very sentimental but it's, I thought that was very powerful too. it is very powerful because they don't yeah. tell you right what's going on and you, you just kind of figure you out. kind of figure yeah. out you're like oh that's mm-hmm. that's the real person with the actor playing that person how power how, how much I mean, what that must have felt like oh for the gosh. actors, like I can't. after portraying someone surviving at the Holocaust, like uh, to actually escort that person. Yeah, I. 
And this must have been such a draining movie to make. I was wondering, like, how is this for Ray Fiennes? Like, you know, if you've oh, yeah. got a if you've got to play that, you know, character, I would mm-hmm. love to. I would love oh, to know. Oh, I'm sure know. there's plenty of interviews yeah. at that time. Uh, yeah, I mean, the character is just a monster. Yeah. And the more scary that he is a real person. We do have one scene in Auschwitz, because, and apparently that actually did yeah. happen that the woman got sent to the wrong oh, place. Yeah. Which is probably one of the most remarkable things about the real Schindler is that it's like that's the only time yeah. people ever left Auschwitz other than to go to a different death camp. Uh huh. And yeah. to just have the. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. a, he had to have felt like once he heard that, okay, I tried, yeah. but there, yeah. there's nothing I can do. I mean, yeah, no, at that point, he was like, already to the, you know. And I, 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 when I looked it up, I think in real life it was, um, he didn't physically go to Auschwitz. It was his secretary that went for him. Uh-huh. Still, I mean, he managed to get them out. Which but in some way it did track with stunning. his... With his personality, because he, you know, I remember that first scene where he's kind of, uh, you know, putting himself into all these more powerful places yeah. and just kind of like, here, you know, people are figuring, you know, yeah, that, uh, making himself kind of the in, the aura because that's what he does in there. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, we can't do that, and he's like, okay, tell me what your name is. And, you know, so oh, it's yeah. sort of like the the big, he is a powerful guy, but he's not that powerful. You know, he's kind mm-hmm. of bluffing his way through those guards yeah. to the point where it it gets them. But the, it's actually the same role he played in that first scene. So he's just using Schlusing, his, yeah. you know, sort of charisma charisma, and is puffing himself. His panache. Yeah, exactly. He's puffing himself up bigger than he is. To, yeah. you know, because he, cause he knows he gets away with this, right? Because people yeah. are, yeah, because people are Yeah, and I think it's the same thing with the uh, hose hosing down the trains. Yeah. Cabins. He kind of puffs it up in a way that they don't really see it's it almost as like defined. They don't even see it as a compassionate right. move. Right. It's just like it's he's like hiding it in plain sight. Right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's just he's got this boldness to him that yeah. But I mean and then it's just crazy. How did this happen? Oh my gosh, it's like how does this happen? You know, this how you get to the point of othering somebody Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, we, we see it to some extent, but there, you know, first you yeah. move them to the big cities and yeah. get people accustomed to that. And yeah. then once they're there, put them in ghettos. Yep. And then, you know, take but a step it's over time. the course of a couple of years. years. I know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this isn't generations of it. It's like, it, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of factors that, but I mean, I'm not a historian, but right. it's, I understand there's a, they were hit really hard by the Depression, and blaming a group of people on your inability to feed your family, I mean, that's pretty powerful. Yeah. And uh, it's... Yeah. Um, but powerful to death camp? Powerful? I mean, that's... Sure. It's... Uh, yeah. It's, you know, you'd think it's, it's that... It's hard to even put it in your yeah, head. You, and, and that's where, um, you know, Stern is like the conscience of the movie, but Schindler is kind of the everyman conscience, where, right. it, like, you know, he's maybe not as heroic as... Yeah. You know, he, he's yeah, heroic in a different way, but... Don't have as uh, up-close a view as he eventually gets. It's easy yeah. to say... Oh well, it's war that's making them do bad things, right? And yeah. just not, but you know, you 
can't really hold to that in yeah these circumstances. It's, right. Yeah. But anyway, that we're talking before about the different views of morality. So if you've got like this more um, categorical imperative kind of morality of Kant, where it's like, no, you've you know, lying is lying. So you can't, you know, you can't even do what Stern did. And that's how some people look back on the Holocaust. It's like they've, you know, nobody's a hero unless they openly tried to kill Hitler. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a pretty well-known, like, um, thought experiment. Ethics, oh, right. morality, the hiding, the, the hiding, right. hiding the people in the basement. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's the easy one. Then it gets harder as you're. You right. Know, these, yeah, this just... goes. This goes into much more. Yeah, except yeah. for the people that get the easy one wrong, but that's another yeah. discussion. So pretty heavy movie. Pretty heavy movie, but but really good movie. Glad really I watched good. it. Go see it. Okay, so there. what's the next thing? The the limerick. To, yeah, limerick. limerick. I do have a limerick. Oh, good. It seems awkward to even ask Chat <laughs> yeah. GPT, but yeah, they didn't chat seem. Chat GPT is like what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but they didn't seem judgy. So just did it. Uh, so here's the Chat GPT limerick: In Krakow, where darkness persists, Schindler's deeds. Could not be dismissed. He saved countless lives amidst turbulence, turbulent dives. A hero whose courage persists. I do have to say That's it's getting good. it's getting better at the limerick. Yeah. Part. Except I heard the first line and I go, oh, they're gonna end it with they're gonna rhyme it with lists, but they persist. Mean? They just do persist twice. Yeah. Yeah. So let's hear. Oh, yours is always better. <laughs> so this is Dennis's. There once was a war profiteer who let kindness win out over fear. No doubt he was flawed, but still we applaud that he held all his workers so dear. Oh, that's really good. Thank you. Yeah. So Schindler's yeah. List got 12 nominations. Okay. Two a acting lot. nominations. Okay, so Liam, Liam Neeson, Neeson. Mm -hmm. and uh, Ben Kingsley. No, he's Oh, really? Um, uh, Voldemort? Yeah, very fine. Wow. A competitive year. It did win. Uh, did, it, did Ben Kingsley not even get nominated? No, he didn't get nominated. Wow. It was a tough, it was a competitive year all around. Um, so, one picture director, Liam Neeson, lost to Tom Hanks for Philadelphia. Okay. His first of two straight Oscars. All right, yeah. Um, that, Holly, was, that was a popular. Cause at the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, he's yeah. great in Philadelphia. And it really was the first movie about, mm -hmm. yeah, AIDS yeah. and stuff. So, okay. Yeah, Ray Fiennes lost to Tommy Lee Jones for The Fugitive. And then Holly Hunter and Anna Paquin won for The Piano. Oh, okay. Uh, Anna Paquin, really one of the best child performances wow. of all time. She was, I think, 12 wow. when she won. That's great. So one picture director. I already went through that, didn't I? Picture director, screenplay, score, editing, cinematography, art direction. Yeah. yeah. So Hard one, to argue two, with those. four, six, seven. Yeah, that's a good year. So can you name this tune that won the best song Oscar? Philadelphia. Oh, it is Philadelphia. It's a longer intro than I remember. Unrecognizable no. to myself. I saw my reflection in a window and didn't 
Streets of Philadelphia. I, oh. I, that song's not familiar to me. Oh, uh, Bruce Springsteen. So it's from uh-huh. Philadelphia. Okay. Yeah, it's a great song. Yeah. Uh, but it won best song, and I think with that, that will be our um, the finale of our best song segment. Just because the last four are pretty, you're not going to get any of them, so okay. why waste time in our podcast? But, why waste time? All right, so anything else on, on Shedmush List before yeah. we um, wrap yeah. it up and see what's next? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, so let's, what, what do you think is coming up next? We're <sighs> down to <sighs> four. Yeah. I'm uh, going to say Godfather Part 2. Yeah, well, I had picked... Um, Lawrence of Arabia is number three, and Casablanca is number two, so that leaves Godfather Part Two is number four, which you've never seen. Right. You've never seen any of the Godfathers. Right. And I it, need to watch tra- the first one before I watch the second one? I think that's better. You know, mm-hmm. at one point we talked about that like, you're going to probably have to watch, but they're so close together, mm-hmm. right? It's either... Yeah. Three weeks apart or two weeks apart. Right, yeah. But, well, let's see. Yes. Yeah. Maybe a conversation for another week if it's Lawrence yeah. of Arabia. Or yeah. maybe it's Casablanca or the yeah. if this is the Godfather. And then yeah. I hope it's Lawrence of Arabia. Okay. Yeah. Um, they're, all, they're all great. Well, let's find out. Yes. Uh, the Godfather Part Two. Okay, yeah, that's okay, the Godfather well, Part Two. Yeah, uh, so we, we'll we hesitated to... because you had it in a partial screen, yeah. so all we could see is the, the Godfather, Godfather Part. part. <laughs> yeah, but the first one is just the Godfather, so okay. it would have to be. So, what well, you've never seen the Godfather Part Two? I don't think so. I mean, I've seen snippets of the Godfather, so I don't know if they're which movie they're from. Well, we'll see how the uh, timing works out for you. It is it is preferable to watch the first one first. Okay. We're going to discuss it in the next month anyways. Right, yeah. Um, it would, in some ways, it would be an interesting podcast to, to see the second one without the first one, but it's also, it would spoil stuff from the first one, too. Okay. So I would recommend watching the first one okay. first, but, you know, they're both fairly lengthy movies, but. First one's at least under three hours. So we will be back next week with The Godfather Part 2. So we know the top three. Wow. I think we pretty much know what number three is, too. But, or it's um, Arabia. Yeah, but you never know. Well, you never know. Yeah. Okay. All right. So until next week with The Godfather Part 2.